1: came into this world in troubled times, and he left his world a better place because in the time, the day-to-day routines of his life, he learned to live for God with integrity. Before Joseph was a leader, Joseph was first a servant. Before he rose to power in Egypt, Joseph was first a young man trying to find his way through the difficult challenges of life. He was tempted hard like our young people are tempted. He was tested. He passed the test.
2: That's Pastor Michael Oxen-Tanko. This is Reaching Your Heart. Today, Pastor Mike brings us the first portion of a message he entitles Joseph the Leader. And we hope you enjoy it. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. And you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentengo.
1: Dear Father God, all our lives you have been faithful. Joseph knew this even though he didn't feel it all the time. You carried him as you hid him away as the hidden of the Lord, which his name, Zavathpania, means and that he was kept safe in the hands of God. Lord, we're in crazy times. The world is upside down. We don't know what's going to happen next week or the year after. But, Lord, we know today Jesus is here. We're okay. And every day is not a day of fear, but a day of victory and joy. So, Lord, give us Jesus today. Thank you for him. Help us, Lord, to follow the right kind of leaders. And if you call us to leadership, to be the right kind of leaders as we focus on the life of Joseph as a leader. In Jesus' name, amen. My favorite quote on leadership often cited in Forbes magazine and other prestigious publications. I mean, people out there in the secular world recognize the amazing value of the statement I'm getting ready to share with you. It is found in the book Education, page 57. The greatest want of the world is the want of men men who will not be bought or sold, men who in their inmost souls are true and honest, men who do not fear to call sin by its right name, men whose conscience is as true to duty as the needle to the pole, men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. But such a character is not the result of accident. It is not due to special favors or endowments of providence. A noble character is the result of self-discipline, of the subjection of the lower to the higher nature, the surrender of self for the service of love to God and man. You can't get better writing than this. Dead on. Would that we had leaders in the church like this on a broad scale. Would that a generation would arise that would take this as their mantra. Would that we had a generation of men and women who would not sell their souls for wrong, but lead in the cause of right as true as the needle to the pole. You know, friend, it's impossible to study the life of Joseph and fail to recognize That Joseph is the paragon of what it means to be a good and noble leader. We must study Joseph's life to understand what is valuable leadership model for the church today. Joseph in Hebrew, it means to add or to increase. Certain people in life come to this world with no meaningful footprint. They don't make a difference. They're here and they're gone and it's as if they never were here. They make no difference in the lives of others and for the greater good of man. They live for themselves, and when self is gone, there is nothing to prove, because they left no legacy. Dear heart, I don't want to be a person who lives in this world and leaves no legacy behind. I'm not a minister of the gospel today because I have a consistent retirement. I don't have one of those. I'm not a minister of the gospel because I want to get something out of it and look good and feel important. Friend, I believe that we are living on the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ, and we cannot play games with the Word of God, that God is calling a generation to live the Word of God, to love the Word of God, and to live for Jesus and share His truth with a dying world. That is the calling of our time. And when God calls people with that kind of a mandate, there must be leaders of God who will lead in the right way. And so righteous leaders don't live for themselves, they live for others. Joseph was such a man. Joseph was the leader, the paragon of a leader in the Bible. Joseph was a good man, not just a leader, but a good man. He had the character to back up the role he would have. He came into this world in troubled times, and he left his world a better place, because in the time, the day-to-day routines of his life, he learned to live for God with integrity. Before Joseph was a leader, Joseph was first a servant. Before he rose to power in Egypt, Joseph was first a young man trying to find his way through the difficult challenges of life. He was tempted hard like our young people are tempted. He was tested. He passed the test. And before he rose to power in Egypt, he learned through humility and service to make every moment matter for God in his life. Some people say leaders are born leaders. Others claim they are made by circumstances that shape them. In Joseph's case, God called a man to be a leader to save the world in his day. And God is calling on a new generation of Seventh-day Adventist young people who will grasp the importance of the message of our time, who will be people of the Bible again, who will lead as Joseph did. In Joseph's case, God called a man to be a leader. That was his qualification. Joseph's life as a leader was God's calling his life. Friend, when God chooses a leader, that chosen leader, as a God-led man or woman, is God's divine decree of sorts to make a difference in the lives of others. God's law, God's purpose, God's will, God's decree works in the life of a godly leader. The God-chosen leader is a divine decree, the voice of God speaking through the life. And lives are changed when leaders are right with God. That's what happens when God sends a man or woman to make a difference as a leader. God sends his word in the life of that man or woman. Psalms 81 verse 5, speaking of Joseph, he, God, made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a voice I had not known. When a new leader arises, the times change in the Bible. The book of Daniel tells us in Daniel 2. And when God raises up a leader, the voice of God is heard again through distinct tones in a different kind of way. Now we live in a time when so many people want to be leaders who have no business being leaders at all. You ever been in an organization where someone's in charge who's just an incompetent leader? Come on, raise your hand. You ever had that? And it's just a pain in the neck to follow those people. And you kind of like, you go through the rounds of saying, well, you know, thank you, you did a good job. Uh. Uh-uh. When the wrong person ends up in leadership, it wrecks the whole program. Now, that alone should disqualify many who want to be a leader, because many people want to be a leader so they can feel important, so they can look significant, and if that is the reason for being a leader, they should never be a leader. Friend, it takes godly humility to recognize the fact that God calls the right kind of leader for the right time, the crises, the opportunity. God chooses the leader. Leaders are often the product of political games. When The slick-talking and narcissistic kind of manipulators wiggle their way into a position of power they have no right to fill because they are wholly unfit to lead. You know, in the church, if you have to rise to power by a political coup, by lobbying to get there, you're not the man of God or the woman of God for that particular position. Joseph was not this kind of wannabe leader. He was not this kind of fake leader that somehow... People tolerate, but they know deep inside their heart that man or that woman has no business being there. Friend, God led Joseph by degree in his rise to power to become the servant leader who lives for others and not for himself. You know, the greatness of a leader can be seen in the humility of the tasks he takes upon hand. I've seen men of God who would do the most menial tasks on behalf of the church when elected leadership would act like it doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to speak about my wife here because I love my wife. She's a very humble servant of God. There was a constituency meeting here four years ago when a lot of people from our conference came. And Diana was here. And you know what Diana did the whole time? She picked up trash. She took things out. She became a servant. She stayed until late in the night to rub the walls and to clean the place down. And she never said a word about it. I love my wife. My wife is right there at that table greeting people as they come through the door. She could be sitting in here hearing the word of God. I have a wife who is a servant leader. And I am very grateful to God for her character. She's a much better leader than I'll ever be. And so she kind of pushes me along to make sure I get it right in life. For this I say amen and thank you, Lord. This morning, I would like to focus on seven divine leadership dimensions in Joseph's life that lifted him to be an effective leader for the people of God and the purpose of God. We can learn from Joseph's life. Divine leadership dimension number one. There are seven of these that I am isolating this morning. There are many more in Joseph's life, but I think seven is a good place to land. Divine leadership dimension number one, divine purpose. Joseph was raised up by God to be a leader The divine purpose in his life qualified him for the role of his calling. When a man or woman appoints himself or herself to be a leader or manipulates their way into that role or is able to lobby to get that in the church, you can be certain that that man or woman is not appointed of God because God doesn't work this way. God appoints in Hebrews 5, 5 and 6, great passage. It says, he did not appoint himself to become a high priest, but he was appointed by him who said, thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As it says in another place, you are priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Christ didn't strive for the role he had because of his humility as a servant, because he died for us, because he rose from the dead. He went through the awful tragedy of the sin atonement for us. God appointed him as our high priest. He appointed him as leader. Genesis 45, verse 4, So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. Here it is. For God sent me before you to preserve life. A God-sent leader does not blame others for the hardship in his or her life in getting to the place he or she arrives at as a leader. A God-sent leader recognizes that whatever hardship he or she endures at the hands of others, God is the one who has allowed it to be for the greater good. So a God-sent leader does not whine and develop some tragic motif about the hardships of leadership. A God-sent leader says, thank you, Lord, for the privilege of leading and serving. If I have to clean the bathrooms and scrub the floor, I will be a leader for God. And God never allows anything to happen to you, dear heart, that is not part of a beautiful plan to bring blessings into the lives of the others because you are a faithful leader for God. In those many years in prison, Joseph came to understand that every day matters in the life of someone other than himself. And that whatever gifts he possessed, whatever opportunities he had, He learned that God sent him into the world, be it a prison, be it Potiphar's house, to make a difference in other people's lives as a humble servant. That was the lesson of his life. Friend, it's in the darkness and hardship of suffering that character is developed. It's in the night that the glory of God's light shines out in our lives. You know, if you want an easy track in Christianity, you're in the wrong faith. God will take you through the fire so that the metal, the glow of gold in your character can be seen. Our God is a refining kind of God who loves us enough to lead us through the valley to go up to the mountain. Psalms 80 verse 1. I like this verse here. It says, to the chief musician. I mean, there were musicians back then. Then there was the chief musician. And it says, set to the lilies. I have no clue what the tune, the lilies, was. But it must have been pretty because lilies are pretty. It says, a testimony of Asaph, a psalm, which means a song. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth in the darkness of the most holy place. The ark of the covenant resided. The wings of the cherubim, and in the middle of the wings of the cherubim, the Shekinah glory of God shone in a room that was full of darkness. Friend, when life is hard, when darkness surrounds you, when it looks like you're alone, you are with God under the wings of the Almighty. The light shines in your life in the darkness all around. Joseph was able to lead others in his life because he had learned to allow God to lead him through injustice, a jail experience of many years, and hardship. The man who became a shepherd over all of Egypt had the good shepherd in his life who led him day by day. Joseph had learned that leaders cannot lead others without God leading them first in the right path. Joseph allowed God to be a shepherd in his life. Number two, divine leadership dimension. Number two, vision. Joseph was a dreamer of dreams. As a leader, Joseph had vision. He was motivated by vision. Steve Jobs, the creator of Apple Inc., once said, "...innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower." Theodore M. Hesberg stated in a similar fashion, "...the very essence of leadership is that you have to have vision. You can't blow an uncertain trumpet." When God calls a man or woman to be a leader, He calls on that man or woman to cast a vision for the good of the lives of others, to cast a vision that is contagious." Visionaries are, by their very nature, trendsetters. They are change agents. They are catalysts for something new, for new beginnings and exciting ventures. Leaders lead with vision.
2: We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Tenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend a live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxen-Tanko in today's Reaching Your Heart.
1: What is a leader? What is a role you play if you are afraid to dream for God and for others in the church? If you're afraid so that you stifle the word of God for the good of the church. You play political games and it doesn't matter. And you hide behind the facade that you're a pastor and a conference leader. It doesn't matter. Friend, I would rather be a dreamer of dreams than someone who despises them as weakness. Joseph's brothers despised him because he was a dreamer of dreams. He dreamed that one day he would be the leader in his family, for the good of his family, in cosmic terms. I mean, his dream had cosmic implications. Star, moon, sun, bowing down, Joseph, leader. God put that dream in his heart because it was a foretaste of the future, and his dream came true, but not the easy way. It came true because Joseph's life was a hard slog to get there. Friend, there are dreamers in this world And there are dream stealers also in this world. You can be one or the other. If there is no dream or vision, we have been told that the people perish. God's people must be motivated by a dream of what can be based on the word of God and the testimony of Jesus at this time. If there is no dream or vision, life loses interest. The next day after the dream, the meaning of life dies if you lose the dream. Joseph's brothers were a pitiful lot with... No more imagination, no more capacity to dream than the sheep they tended on the hillside. Joseph was different. He was a leader. Genesis 37, verse 19, 20. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a wild beast has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. They threw Joseph into the pit at Dothan. Now, I've spoken here in the series that Dothan means decree in Hebrew. The pit at Dothan represents the divine decree in Joseph's life that by degree propelled him from pit to power. The pit of his predicament as defined by his brother's hatred of him was the divine command and decree that elevated Joseph to greatness for God and the good of others. He say, well, Pastor Mike, you know, the things that have happened to me this week, this year, you're telling me that it's the will of the Lord that I go through all this trouble and I'm saying yes. Because God leads you into trouble. He allows you to fall into a pit at times so that the decree of God can take you to higher venues where you can make a difference from pit to power. When people persecute you, how you react to them will define what kind of person you are and not them. So the last thing a leader has is a persecution complex. A leader is not defined by what others do to him or her. A leader is defined by the calling in his or her life, God's will, God's verdict, God's presence. Joseph was carried by his dreams as he adjusted in life to set the sails, so as to allow the hardships of life to carry him forward, to motivate him like the wind moves a ship forward even on a troubled sea. John Maxwell described a leader in this way. He said, The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sails. I like that. Warren Bennis once said that leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. Joseph had dreams, and he knew how to interpret dreams in the lives of others also who had them, like he did. I mean, he was smart enough to know he's not the only one who can have dreams. He proved this as a good listener when he interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker. And Pharaoh, he recognized that God can give other people dreams. Listen to them. Daniel, who rose to power in Babylon, had the same ability to translate dreams into action and change. Friend, it's one thing to have a dream in your life. And there are many people who do. It's one thing to have a dream in your life and talk about your dream all the time. But it's altogether another thing to derive meaning from your dreams and other people's dreams as you collaborate together with a godly vision that is Christian community to make a difference. You know, I can have a dream all I like as the pastor. If you don't share my dream, nothing happens here. See, I believe God has put dreams in your heart just like he's put dreams in my heart. And as we come together in faith and love, we collaborate, we share the vision of what God can do with us to make a difference in the world. Joseph was good at both dreaming and translating dreams into action. He was first motivated by his dreams as he also cared about the dreams of others. Divine leadership dimension number three, integrity. Why don't you say that word with me? Integrity. Joseph was a man of principle and unswerving integrity. He had integrity. Now I think when we look at a statement like that, every one of us can think where we let the Lord down because we slipped in integrity in our lives. Has that ever happened to you? Don't raise your hand. It has, hasn't it? Well, guess what? Integrity is a choice. Integrity is a decision for the course of your life. Repentance is a form of integrity. People who have integrity face the truth and don't run from it. In the book of Genesis, Judah and Joseph, the two great leaders of Israel and the Joseph narrative stand in direct contrast and in similarities to each other, but in contrast in this one area of integrity. Judah went into Tamar, thinking her to be a prostitute. Judah did this because he had lost his wife in death, so he was depressed. Consequently, Judah chose to lose his integrity in a state of depression and grief, in a one-night stand with a woman with a veil on her face. He did not know it was Tamar, the young lady who should have had seed through his son, Shelah. And so he was so frustrated, he wanted to feel better. He went and had a one-night stand. Now that's how an addiction can take hold of a person in life. Depression sets in, self-pity sets in, sin, compromise. Before you know it, you're making a life-changing decision. A person gets down and depressed, and then sooner or later, that person chooses in a moment of weakness to compromise themselves, to justify evil, to look it over this one time, to make a choice that's hard to mend. Friend, it's better to catch yourself in that moment of weakness and to redirect your purpose in life at that point of time, the critical point of time, for a moral vision in your life. God has not just called you to lead if you're a leader. He's called you for a moral purpose in your leadership. It is better to allow the discipline of a present suffering to harden your resolve to be a better person for the future. Then surrender to the present grief that would define you for all time if you give in to sin. Joseph was tempted, just like Judah, to fall into despair, but he did not choose the evil path in his life. Now it's amazing. Judah repented. Judah got it right. Judah becomes the line of the Messiah. God can work with people who mess up. So don't give up on yourself. God can do that. But Joseph stands here in a different kind of light than Judah. Joseph is a young man who chose not to go down that road, who made it his business to get it right every day for his entire life. Joseph lived in a foreign land where no one back home or his papa would ever see if he had a moral fall. So no one was looking at him in the family. There was no one to shame in this Egyptian context. And yet Joseph knew that to be true to himself, he must first and foremost be true to his father God. He may have lost his father in a land far away, but he did not lose his father God. And he knew that God's presence is the great comfort of life. The mighty cure for grief. The sterling strength for purpose and meaning. Since God is the mighty bulwark against every defilement and every evil. He stood with God on holy ground in Egypt. Joseph practiced the presence of God. Now that's a key phrase. Sometimes we think God's not around us. It's when we think God is not near us is when we sin. When we practice the presence of God... We are protected from falling into evil. Now, I'm going to use an illustration. Morris Menden used it years ago, and I'm stealing it from him. He's deceased, but he wrote a good book or two, and it's worthy of reading. But in one of his books, he talked about how, you know, if he had an old desire for drunkenness. Now, he didn't drink, but he was using this as an illustration. He's walking by a saloon, and suddenly the craving started coming on him, and he started moving toward the door to take the drink. And then his wife shows up and says, hey, how are you doing? He says just the fact that she was there, her presence would be enough to make you turn around and go the other way.
2: Well, unfortunately, we need to leave it there for the first portion of Pastor Mike's message entitled Joseph the Leader. Make sure you tune in again next time when we will complete this message. Thanks for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video, reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart.